All right, and this is episode 148 of a three-parter series that we're doing uh, called Let's Getting Let's Play Death Ray, Getting to Know You. I actually have Kyle from Let's Play Death Ray. Kyle, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, sir? <laughs> uh, hello, I am Kyle. I am the lesser known of the three people on Let's Play Death Ray. Uh, yeah. Why do you we say the lesser? Stream on Tuesdays, huh? Why do you say the lesser? Uh, because so. Uh, Jake's well known for the podcasts because he's got like two or three going at the time. And Jake and David is the basically the face because he does all the communicating with everyone else. And he does a lot of the streaming where I pick up whatever I can. And if I've got the time for it. <laughs> so so kind of like how we just play randomly on Tarkov. That's about the only time that we can get in, huh? Uh, yeah, basically, because I work the same hours as David, but at the same time, because everything is done downstairs, I don't, I don't normally do the podcast because I can literally hear everything through this wall. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, I'm surprised you can't even hear the movie that's going on over there right now. Nope. Nope. You're, it, uh, your, your mic is doing fairly well. So you don't join them for the podcast, even though they're in the room next door to you. Why don't you hit them up for doing something like that? Uh, so I, it was, they started that one when I really had no feel for podcasts. I didn't want to interrupt or I, I'm very good at uh, either. My volume doesn't stay constant. It very fluctuates when I get into things or I just don't care. It just shrinks back and stuff like that. <laughs> all right. All right. Now I have to ask because I think this is the first time it's happened. Are you wearing HyperX Cloud 2s? Is that what you got? Uh, I am wearing. What? Which ones are those? These ones, the alphas. Oh, the alphas. Okay, nice. Nice, yeah, because I have two dudes that I work with uh, who have the Cloud 2s as well. I, I almost went with the Alphas, but I think the Cloud 2s or the, the, the HyperX 2s were on sale. So that's why I went with them. Yeah. Uh, I bought all basically everything I have except for one monitor. I bought out of my own cash, which is great. <laughs> nice. So I, I guess why don't we start from there? Uh, where... What is your setup then? What do you got out of curiosity? I have a NZXT uh, base build. Okay. Which just has a like a 180 graphics card, um, uh, AMX, uh, AMD, AMD, yeah, uh, gra uh, a processor and stuff like that. It's not a high tier, but it only cost me two grand. Then I have a Oni monitor that I like as my primary. It's, it's fucking amazing. I love how nice and pixelated it is. Uh, then I've got uh, the mic is a Wave Three. I see you went you went spiffy. You got the little uh, the anti what what is that cone around it? Uh, so it's the anti vibration. <sighs> yeah, like it's it's that yeah. weird thing that you see around every host's thing, and you're like, the hell does that do? I, uh... <laughs> nice do you, so did you like oni like is that who you like to go with uh for, for I... stuff because it's cheaper yeah i like their monitors also it's i i've got the R rgb and like the background because it like makes a nice little pop to 
the surrounding area so my eyes aren't having to adjust for everything else in the area mm, nice did it come with the rgb on the on the outside or did you have to put the strips there yourself uh it came it comes built in in the back very nice so it very just nice. shines off into the, the surrounding areas and it, it helps with like having to adjust your eyesight to everything i gotcha so how long did it actually take you to acquire your setup? Uh, so I bought the monitor and the tower at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, which was almost 2,500, I think. Wow. Okay. Uh, had to order the tower, bought the t- uh, monitor at uh, Best Buy. Uh, the keyboard I have is a HyperX RGB. I like that keyboard, I like uh, those. which came with the uh, tower. Uh, I've got a nice, uh, what is it? A fucking, um, a pretty good stereo system for just being here watching anime because that's what I do when I'm not doing anything else. Uh, the Wave Three I've got from David. Okay, and yeah. That's basically everything. Pretty came pretty damn quick, especially when I realized, hey, they, we want to stream and we're going into it heavily. So I was like, you know what? I'll just drop this money, put it on my car, pay it off as I go, and we'll get going. And I'm slowly upgrading. Like I've been through three cameras so far. <laughs> wow! Like, did they break or did you just like find new ones? Uh, I literally upgraded from like a low tier uh, Logitech to what's now um, uh, what the fuck is it called? Uh, God damn it. David has <laughs> was using it for so long. Okay. So, yeah. Well, it, it looks much... great. It looks a lot better than some of the folks I work with and this is what we're supposed to do in our Zoom meeting. So, I gotcha. Yeah. yeah well, I... It takes like uh, David went ahead and set up a lot of the camera and I just like toned it so it wouldn't look like I'm white flushed. I look more like I'm been in the sun for a little bit more than I normally do. <laughs> when did you get your streaming setup? Because two and a half grand is actually what I paid for to upgrade all of my stuff uh, to, to get a bit of a faster motherboard, the 2080 Super and a couple extra others. When did you buy your setup? Uh, It would be like six months into the COVID pandemic. I was like, we're going into it heavily, so I've got this extra money that came in. I was going to plan on saving it so I could pay off my car a little sooner, but I was like, we're going to do this, so drop it. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that's that's when the price is just skyrocketed. Yeah. I was going to go ahead. I, I was going to build a set, mm-hmm. but then I realized it's cheaper, and I would get the graphics card by a whole lot cheaper just if I bought a pre-build. Yeah. A lot of people see it as a sin, but I actually kind of like it because I actually tried to take that thing apart not too long ago. And I realized I was in way over my head and a last minute guy to help you set it up is actually quite expensive. <laughs> so yeah. it's pretty bad. Okay. So, cause I know uh, David and Jake gave me a little bit of extra background and like the, you guys all live in a house in Wyoming. Um, how did you come into the fold and in, in, in the group of Let's Play Death Raid? Like, 
where how did you how did you meet how did you move into this massive mansion that they're in kind of give me the backstory it's not massive but yeah <laughs> uh i came into it because so i left the army and went to college for two years so i can't then i came back home mm-hmm. uh i was like i'm getting bored of just going to work going home and doing whatever so i started going down to a card shop down here and david and jake were going there every friday so eventually we've just kept getting into card games and kept playing and it's like i I gave a little bit of uh hints of i needed to move out and i need a place for where i can keep my dog too and they were like well i need income and so it's like okay uh let me rent a room my dog can come with got it so here's rent uh do whatever you want with it i don't know thank you for the room and here i am nice and eventually you... they decided to start up streaming again nice so how long you been at the place uh four four or five years i think no all right interesting now i i see the cavalry hat behind you um yep what were you in the army uh, I am a, well, I was a 91 Sierra, which is a striker system maintainer. Okay. Nice. Nice. So you, you, you got to, you got to take care of the big boys. Eh, medium boys. They're, they're pretty big to me. They're pretty big. To oh, me. Uh, they're definitely big, but I did not touch tank. Okay. That's the, <laughs> that's the big boy. And that translated into actually what you do now. You're uh what were you again? Uh, so I am currently a diesel mechanic. And how how because I'm, I'm I've always noticed that when you make a transition from the military to civilian world, um, did you just transfer straight into being the diesel mechanic right off the bat? Yes. How easy was the transition? Uh, it was pretty easy in the fact that most of the knowledge I could carry with me. Uh. There's just a few other things like uh, manuals aren't easy to find most of the time because you're working with trucks that could be as t- old as 30 to 40 years old or uh, trucks that are as new as yesterday. So the manuals aren't easy to find. Uh, uh, see, some of the things you can just forget because parts aren't easy to come by you got to diagnose that part and then keep going really and stuff like that yeah you would think something that is like the lifeblood of america would be a little bit more easy to maneuver and find so everything like anywhere you find it if it looks if it's performed easily it's because it's torn apart farther than what is shown <laughs> ah okay i got you i got you so with the transition of now that you're civilian, have you, because this is a fun question I like to ask everybody who's who's exited out of the military in one way, shape, or another. I always kind of get a, the same answer. Have you noticed anything different about civilian uh, when you like exited out of the, the army where it was like, hey, life works just a, a little bit differently? Like, what was the biggest glaring difference for you? Uh, let's see. I mean, uh see there's a lot less tendency to go out of your way to help someone uh 
just just straight off the bat you don't need to know their person you just go out you don't go out and help them like you do sometimes in the military because you just see that uniform is like hey he's a battle buddy go and help what's wrong with that yeah. versus uh people are like i don't know if i can get involved in that situation hmm. um let's see other things would be the food's better <laughs> i would beg to differ but uh, <laughs> look the, the best thing is probably a hot eh? a <laughs> Gotcha. The eggs aren't, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, we were up at, uh, I think we were up at joint base dicks, uh, up there in New Jersey. The one, uh, that had, uh, that, that Muslim captain, I think who, who kind of lost his mind and went cuckoo. But I remember we had to eat at the army chow hall and the air force is like, we're going to give you a $30 per diem a day because you have to eat at that shitty chow hall. I was like, all right, I'll take it. And I did like your spaghetti. I almost puked it all up while we were doing rollover training, but it was really, really good. It was really, really good. So, um, what's one thing uh, I love, I love when I find another fellow veteran out there, I completely forgot you were, but what's one thing that you, uh, that you hated about the military that you're glad to just be completely rid of, I guess. Uh, so it's part of the reason would be the command, uh, my command, because I got into a pretty shitty unit. And mm. uh, even though we were stateside, it, they felt like it felt like they were just nonstop ready for deployment, promising we'd deploy, never doing that for ever since they came back from deployment. And I didn't understand why that we I figured we could relax a little bit, but no, it was just nonstop go. How long were you in? Uh, I did a four-year contract. And you never deployed once during the four years? Nope. I was promised, like, we were told for, like, three years straight, we'd be like, we're on the next deployment. We're on the next deployment. And we'd go to, to, call, uh, uh, to Yakima, and then the National Training Center and all that. We did that like three times each. Gotcha. Gotcha. I um, I was at a medium-sized base that deployed like a large-sized base. And I deployed four times with a TDY. So, yeah. And like literally, uh, I, I joined my I, – I got to my unit. I was getting shown around by my master sergeant. Uh, our, and uh, he's like, hey, new airman, Jared. Airman Jared, how you doing? I was like, great. He's like, you want to go to Iraq? And I was like, sure, why not? And we went and talked to a tech sergeant, and literally I in-processed, and then two days later after my in-processing, I was talking to uh, Sergeant Johnson, and I was on his team, and I was headed to Iraq within I, – I, I was I joined the military, and I was deployed seven months later. So and and six months of that was was one month of it was basic training and then one and then I did uh, the I think it was just a couple of months at uh, tech school so yeah <laughs> pretty pretty awesome pretty awesome sauce that, I that sounds nice it, it eh, you were right because like when we were deployed it was super chill like we were super chill but dude stateside that's one thing I wish we could take away is that shit rolled downhill so hard and so fast it was like dude you guys can just calm the fuck down it's not that bad like. It's so awesome stateside, or I should say now in the civilian world, because my supervisors will eat a bunch of nonsense that they don't have to worry about, where instead of just letting it trickle downhill and making it all our problems, they'll just be like, hey, this is some hot garbage that we had to deal with. Uh, fix your stuff, and then go about our day instead of just making us pay for it, which is nice. Yeah, definitely. So what was your first foray 
and to uh, let's play Death Ray to, to jump back on track now that we're uh, indulged with the military. What was your first introduction to streaming and stuff? Uh, so it was. Uh, so they they were talking about it, and I just happened to be downstairs. Uh, they were like, "Let's let's get back into streaming. We got all this extra time now." Um, and I was like, "What? Wait, you guys stream?" Like, yeah, we mainly do try to do couch co-op stuff, and it's like, sure, why not? And we ended up playing. I think it was what was it? I think Outer Worlds was our first couch co-op game we did together. Okay, we just uh, started that out, and then like the month rolled around, and we did Extra Life together. Uh, and Ever since then, I've been like, okay, so I'm going to take over Tuesdays because you want to spend it with your family so we can keep just rolling content out or keep the, like, the channel alive so people would come in, chat, and leave. It's fine. Gotcha. Um, and then they were talking to me about doing a podcast and i'm like uh i don't know i don't know that like the proper etiquette and even on stream i'm very bad like if if you could roll back like to the first year you would very much see that i didn't have a lot of interest in it that was my problem <laughs> okay. and eventually it's like you know what kyle you need us get into this let's do this let's go put more attention into like the chat and what everyone else is speaking and try to communicate a bit better. But even now I do, I interrupt everyone or I lose connection with what's going on. <laughs> just kind of just drift off into space for a second. <laughs> uh, yeah. I stared at my phone a lot, <laughs> especially when we're playing like a one player game and we're all sitting on the couch. Mm -hmm. I would be like, Oh, it's my turn. <laughs> my girlfriend hates it because when she plays her skyrim or she plays a game on the xbox that i uh, i got and she's just like are you having fun are you enjoying yourself i'm like yeah i'm just chilling here on my phone watching some you know watching you play yeah it's kind of infuriating because you're not doing what i would do but it's also awesome to see a different play style for once it's not just me at the helm of it trying to do what i do you know and I, I feel yeah. that, yeah. The phone gets alluring when you're just watching something. So, what uh, you said Tuesdays is your day. So, what what do you stream on Tuesdays at for Let's Play? So normally I try to get like some of my friends together. Like uh, Rose does streaming is pretty much always there, and then I'll get like a few people that don't stream to join me. At one point, I had a group of five. We were playing Raft and just going through the storyline which was incredible because all the stupid shit we got into and just like the accidents and stuff like that were fun, but it kind of died off, but I still can maintain at least two people being on sometimes. Nice. How far have you gotten into raft? Uh, we have completed all, but the new storyline that was recently released. How how much funner does the game get the more you progress? Because I've gotten to, I think, my first station, like my first big rig, and that was about it. Uh, I, I think it's incredibly fun in the fact that you have to organize the inventory and try to communicate with everyone else what you, we, 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 you need to be done. Like, 
okay, we can build up, build some rooms, stuff like that. Or uh, we need to build more collecting, salvaging nets and just keep moving and upgrade it as far as we can. And it's entertaining in the fact, that fact. I, I do I do love where you can watch your progression as you go. You know, like uh, when I first started Tarkov, the base, I was like, I'm not going to do any of this. And I saw a couple of streamers who were like maxed out on everything. And then, you know, Jake, of course, or I'm sorry, David, of course, is egging me to, to learn more. And then you got into it and you're telling me that I should I should try and try and try. And now I'm like, my base is looking pretty good. And you're like, oh, yeah, the life's about to happen soon. And oh, cool. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got you, man. So besides Raft, what else do you typically play on Tuesdays? Uh, let's see. We've been playing. I play some DVD. Uh, Raft was one point. Uh, Cult of the Lamb when I'm all alone. Uh, let's see. We've been playing inside the back rooms, which is incredibly scary. <laughs> uh, let's that. Yeah, and just games that let me play with other people. Okay, is generally what my scope is. Trying to play with other other folks. Do you not like to stream solo? I take it then. Uh, I can. I just, I streaming with someone else gives me time to like fill in like the dark, you know, like the no audio areas and stuff like that. Because I can talk to myself about work. I can't talk about what's in front of me. <laughs> okay. Why, why, why is that so hard for you? Uh, so, like, I guess with work, I can, I break down everything inside my head. And it's like, okay, I got to do this to get to this, to go there and to remove this component. Then I have to backtrack. And I can, like, literally verbally say that. But it's like, okay, uh in game what do you gotta do okay i uh i gotta move down this hallway i gotta <laughs> go through that but like i don't know what's gonna happen in the next few seconds i could be anything whereas work i have a pre uh, pre programmed plan so many words <laughs> it's all good <laughs> I, f I feel you because like i do uh, i have that same progression with work because i i have a quote-unquote script that i have to stick with but as soon as somebody starts talking and they're telling me what their whole, like, they're basically telling me no, that they don't want to buy the product I'm selling. And it's so nice because as soon as I hear that first little part, I'm like, okay, this is where I need to go. This is what I need to do. But in stream, it's so weird because, like, I'm just watching my game. I'm watching my character. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to this next stash. I'm going to go hit up here. This would be a great avenue. I'm hearing gunfire to my left, so let's just go over the old gas or something like that. And internally, I'm telling myself what to do, but externally, it's just crickets <laughs> yes yeah that is very much a big problem with me too <laughs> i got you man uh so i guess have you always been kind of a, a pc gamer then uh when it came to let's play death ray did you start off on console or what's up with that uh so i started out on playstation 4 uh, playstation 4 okay because that's what i had and we streamed together on like different games played at one point before for the shenanigans, played Overwatch, COD, all that stuff on PlayStation. And then we moved over to Nintendo, and J Jake's the big Nintendo fan. I don't know why. Um, 
Maybe it's Pokemon. I think it's Pokemon. Dude, don't you dare start dissing Pokemon as much as I hate look, to talk about it. But I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the first season, the first region. Afterwards, mm, it feels like you're just trying to mix things together. <laughs> so you you like Gen 1, the original. Yep. You're, you're an OG, but Gen 2, once they start getting a little past the originals, that's where you say no buenos? I'm like, mm, it starts falling off more. It feels like they're just trying to remix the same old uh, Pokemon. And I understand they're trying to make new product, but at the same time, it's like, mm, I'm good. Let me go back and play some Pikachu, some Bulbasaur, some Squirtle, some Charmander. Good man. <laughs> Good man. Gen <laughs> two and above is trash. I hate Gen two with a live. Everybody who's been listening to this podcast since it's come out knows I hate Gen two and above because, like, I remember. I think one of them is like a a plastic fork or some shit like that. <laughs> like it's it's ridiculous. Dear God, they're, they're <laughs> running out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they got to a point. Like I'm down to watch some of the old school Pokemon and, and do just some dumb fun stuff. Like I even. Uh, for an old podcast, I actually had a theory that Pikachu wasn't nearly as strong as we would say he is. And I actually did like all the math to, to where like Pikachu's lightning or thunderbolt that he uses, uh, doesn't even come close to what a thunderbolt really would be or something like that. I'd have to find the script or whatever, but yeah, I I'd love to dive back into that stuff. D does that ever intrigue you about a game where you find something niche about it and you're like, I got to dive down this rabbit hole. Uh, so it's done it to me a few times with like my, my all time favorite game, the last of us. I'll, I'll fucking go to that and play forever. I almost played it nonstop for like four or five years. Nice. Just multiplayer and single player getting collectibles and was really excited about the new one. And then eh, I didn't like about half of it because you didn't play the main characters. Mm. Uh, but yeah, there's a uh, like almost all the Naughty Dog games I've been a huge fan of. So you were like Crash Bandicoot, and... yeah, gotcha. Uh, Jack and Dexter, that entire series, except for Jack X. Uh, the newer, uh, Dante, not Dante, uh, some of the newer, uh, newer games that came out in like the last two years i haven't been too interested in mm -hmm. it, it feels like they're just repeating the old game you know, the, one of their old series and just putting a new fresh vision on it remasters remastering a game isn't too bad but it's gotta be it's gotta be something better you know um yeah like with the modern warfare 2 that just came out right I know that they're kind of retelling the story and redoing it. I'm not going to kind of lie. I do enjoy the way that they're telling the story now and the way that they're going about things. It's feeling, it's kind of refreshing to see, you know, and, and a better graphics. And yes, better graphics are always good. But I heard that a lot about The Last of Us 2, where they're like, yeah, it was, it was updated. It was looking good. And even some of the remasterings that they've done. But a lot of people weren't weren't fans of the direction that a lot of studios are taking things, you know. So uh, Last of Us 2, I, I, or The Last of Us Part 1, I should say, that's one of the, that's like my fallout, where you can just play it consistently. You can pick it up and just go, is what I'm hearing. Yep. What, yeah, yeah. Ab 
what about it makes it so awesome? Uh, I like the story progression and the fact that you get basically the intro story of the pandemic and how uh, Joel lost his daughter. And then mm-hmm. you immediately pick up where he meets uh, Ellie and they kind of start bonding out, but he's trying to, Joel's trying to keep his distance because it's work. I've got to survive. It's the, it's a fucking doomsday world. And as the story progresses, you can see how they start, they work together and they eventually create a bond that's fucking tied as shit towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, that the gameplay I felt was pretty damn awesome in the fact that you can pick up some of the environment and throw it just to distract some things. Uh, gunplay felt realistic in the fact that, yeah, you're not going to be able to swap weapons immediately. You can just pull it out and then fire. Uh, from uh, very much from a third person view, because that's all that combat is. It was definitely uh, a very different combat than a lot of the games, wasn't it? It was very. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say it was too intense, but it, it definitely took a little bit getting used to. And it was. It was. I thought the combat was done well, and I liked even on like some of the easier modes, you weren't finding a plethora of ammo. A lot of what you were using was just straight melee. Yep. Or using the items you pick up, like bricks, bottles, stuff mm-hmm. like that, so you can interrupt and just straight up stab or kill your opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. I definitely do like that. It also, uh, let's see what else. Again, the consumables—they weren't there always there, but they're slightly more. The lower mm-hmm. levels, the lower difficulty you were, but it very much felt like an apocalypse world. That you would find the ammo where it would be. <laughs> there, it'd be on bodies or on, literally bookshelves and stuff like that you'd be where you would find them rather than oh i found it in a loot crate or (laughs) it's like no no that that with how many years it's passed since the start of the epidemic there's no way loot crates are around (laughs) i mean if there was a loot crate it's just somebody was using it as a stash for like old clothes or something bad like that Yeah, yeah and because I remember you would find, like, one of the biggest things that I used to hate with video games was back in Resident Evil 4, I think is what it was. When it was on the GameCube, it'd be like a pile of ammo, and it'd just be like two shotgun shells. Like, that's clearly a stack of at least 24. Why is there not 24? Like, if it's two shotgun shells, give me two shotgun shells. You know, that's that's something I've always hated about games. But I, I do like how that they, they did combat in that game. It made it very... It wasn't hard but it was di- more difficult than i anticipated for sure yeah were there Definitely. any other games out there that you really liked besides just the last of us part one that you could find yourself uh, diving that deep into uh uh call of duty red alert 2 is a very og game for me mm-hmm. and the fact that that's my first computer game i played that on a gate old gateway and just fucking ran through that game so many times. I almost have the mission eh, mission still memorized today. What was it called again? Uh, uh, Command and Conquer Red Alert 2. Ah, I was, I was like, did he say Call of Duty Red Alert? Because I thought it was Command and Conquer Red Alert 2. Yeah, I might have. Hmm. 
What what did you like about the Command and Conquers out of curiosity then? Uh when it came to uh, I liked the the let's see what was it called? the grand strategy of it and the fact that you're not a single soldier, you're just get dishing out commands. It's like okay, I need soldiers over there to press it an advantage and then swing some tanks around. Mm. Or base building, I need to be able to defend a point, build up my base, stuff like that very much. And then I liked a lot of the acting that was done in it. I thought, and then I I find out later that a lot of those actors were actually in-studio people. Hmm. They, they weren't paid actors. They were part of the studio. No kidding. So the people that worked on the game voiced the characters. Yep. That's a way to keep costs down and, and to get people invested in a game. That's actually really cool. It's actually, you know, we used to play Command and Conquer Generals uh, when I was in Kuwait, actually. We had uh, like four PCs that were set up with games that they installed on. And me and a couple of buddies late at night because that's when we had a lot of time off. And we actually did a lot of our missions late at night. So what we would do is on our days off, like two or three of us would, or uh, two or three other guys with me would go there. We'd play Command and Conquer against each other all late at night. And it'd be like, all right, this time it's me and you, Chris. Or this time it's me and you, Kyle, against the other two. And we'd, we'd try, and it, it was always kind of fun. And then sometimes we were like, oh, let's try to take on like an extremely hard guy or whatever. And it, it, a lot of camaraderie. I loved, I loved Command and Conquer Generals. I actually bought two PCs that could run it way, way back with an old girlfriend of mine, so we could play land parties at my house. <laughs> it was one of the games that she'd be willing to play with me. So it's like, all right, let's get two old PCs, and that was my foray into uh, PC games. Actually, nice. Yeah. I love land play. Remember it on the Nintendo sixty four. <laughs> Did you ever do any of those late night or oh, oh, the overnight land parties at like the YMCA or a gaming hub way, way back when with like balls, energy drink, Red Bulls and stuff like that? Uh, I didn't. When I was that young, I didn't live in a big enough city for it. Oh. I I lived in North Dakota. Well, Williston, North Dakota. And we were at that time, we were moving almost every two to four years. So. Okay. And then finally, we settled down over here in Wyoming. Uh, where, where was it again? North Dakota, eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah you can definitely tell I'm from North Dakota because of just that word. I It doesn't come out on any other word in, in my dictionary. It's just that. Oh, don't worry. Because uh, I talk to folks around like uh, Colorado and down in Texas and every so often like uh, Idaho and Utah and stuff like that. And they know instantly. They're like, you're not from around here, are you? It's like, nope. Born and raised Central Wisconsin. So yeah. I, I feel you. Um, was your dad military or something like that? Uh, so my dad was never in my life, to be honest. My mom's oh. the only one that raised me. Uh, I've met my father and I would rather not meet him again. Okay. So it's also another reason why I have a very big respect for any single moms out there. And the fact that my mom raised me and I turned out just fine. Well, hell yeah, man. You, you were good enough to join the army and now you're kicking ass outside as a decent mechanic. And I love the glasses that you're wearing. Cause are those, you just work glasses or something. Yeah, uh, my nephew's kind of a 
lost my actual prescription. So now I'm stuck with this until uh, I my glasses, my eye insurance comes back up. Oh, you're waiting for that to that too. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to. Uh, I think I think mine comes up in a little bit. I was gonna go get another exam again, and then go get a new pair of glasses because I uh, I think it was the right lens of this one popped out the other day, and I was like. Ooh, that's going to be real bad because <laughs> because then I would have had to have gone and get an actual eye exam and then order the glasses. Like, I need to stop putting that off. I need to just go do that. I need to just go do yeah. that. Uh, uh, so I'm, was it I'm just waiting for her. what's that? Sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm waiting for Feb- February to come rolling around just so I can get. I don't want to wear these no more. Get me some blue tinge lenses so I don't get headaches from watching the screens for too long and stuff like that. How much is the blue tint? Uh, so last time I got it, it was, a, I think my, I paid out of pocket about $200 and my eye insurance covered 50%. Not bad. And then they also covered 50% on these ones too. Nice. Yeah. I, I got to take a look at mine, but that's something that I would like to get is that is the, the screen, the screen, whatever, because dual monitors. Oh yeah, fuck! It's great. Puts less strain strain on your eyes, and it's comfortable. I can stand staring at my screen and playing with Tar- playing Tarkov with you and David for a whole lot longer than I normally do. <laughs> I, out of curiosity, that that one gentleman that plays with us, uh, who just dips out like hardcore, like right away, like after a single bad raid. Um, do you have those moments in gamings where just if something happens, you rage quit basically? Uh, no, not really. I have more of a mentality of, okay, it happened. Let's move on. Throw a new kid on, uh, keep moving. Uh, try not to complain about what just happened and just keep going. Because I I feel like if you whine about it, you're not, you're not going to be able to move on. Very true. Very true. Um, with with the Tarkov game, where where did your interest come in from that? Because I know that that was uh, the, the game that seems like you guys are very heavily invested in. So where does where does your love for Tarkov come in? Uh, so my love for Tarkov is comes from I forget what streamer initially introduced me to it because it was back in like 2018. Okay, uh, a guy. I forget which streamer, but yeah, uh, I bought the game, tried to play it on my that current PC block I had. Mm-hmm. Would not play it. Okay. Uh, I had to go to a PC, um, a game center in order to even get into it. And then from there, it devolves into, okay, go there every weekend, play that. And then I moved up here and moved back home. And I couldn't get into it because, again, I didn't have a power enough um, PC to run it. And then it got, I got David to buy it, try it out for a little bit. And he didn't like it for about two years. And now he's picking back up. He didn't like it for two years? Oh, he hated the combat. Okay. All right. I got to ask him about that in a minute when it, he when he's up. Why he, because he loves the game now. Like he's yeah, uh, like I've I was like, hey, because I I think it was last weekend, 
he sent me a message because I was like, hey, dude, just shoot me a text when you wake up and, and I'd love to play with you. And now every time he's on, he shoots me a message on Discord and I get it on my phone. Thank God. And I'm loving it, dude. Dude, I'm loving it. It's great because I have somebody to play with now. I, I want folks to play with. It's it's really boring uh, ratting it solo by myself because that's all I'm good at. Uh, well, it's until you get very good at the game, it's very hard to become a Chad by yourself. Yeah, it, uh, like like that one guy. Group confidence smoked. is what that game is for me. Group confidence. <laughs> I have so much confidence when I play with you guys. It's fucking insane. Because normally I'm like, let's get the fuck out. Like, you, you've you heard me. Like, we, we have oh, one yeah. good round, and I'm like, all right, let's get out, guys. And now it's like, fuck it, push it, let's go. Where where we got to go? What's up? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's very – I love that way of being in that game. It's so much more funner when you can count on someone to watch your back as you fucking just bullhead right into a building. You know there's like two or three guys in there. Grenade, <laughs> just go. <laughs> well, dude, when when you've got somebody like David, who's who's good at the long range, I'm good with a shotgun up close or just putting a bunch of lead down range, and you know the maps exceptionally well. It it works really really nice, uh, except when you get cornered and I don't know where you're at. So, yes, communication. Uh, well, if problems I, with me, if I knew. <laughs> If I knew the maps well enough, because that's one of the biggest problems that I have with some of these games is I don't want to get too into them. I just don't like uh, I remember Tarkov. I was like, I'm just going to learn how to do the basic combat. And now, dude, I'm like putting at least two to three hours in a day just on the back end of it, not just doing the combat. Like because what will happen is I'll go up like three mil, right? I'll get up to like three mil, play with you guys. I'm down to one and a half. And then throughout throughout the day i'll leave my generator running and then blah 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 blah. and then when it comes time to play with you on the weekend that's when i do a lot of the play time so it's it's very weird how i do it but i don't like doing this i don't like getting that invested because then i'm like at sarah's house i'm like could be playing tarkov right now with the boys i wonder if they're playing like i'll be checking your discord server and be like oh i gotta go home now well, honey I, i'll talk to you later <laughs> so uh. That is definitely a fucking a game you need to play with friends to even get into it. Because if you just, let's see, uh, like starting out by yourself, just starting the game, trying to find friends in game rather mm -hmm. than being like, hey, join a server. Do, 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 do. Just it's hard. It's a hard game to learn the basics. You know, if you don't have a guide for you, even watching streamers do it for the first time, it, it's not an easy game to get into. They did a whole article on Dr. Disrespect trying to escape from Tarkov. And they're like, he struggled to get going in the game. And I'm like, wow, somebody like Dr. Disrespect, who is pretty much as good if you give him something and he struggled. That says a lot. That says a lot. The <sighs> learning curve is not for beginners, especially since there's no tutorial. There's a... Here's the list of controls. Figure it out from there. Go. <laughs> I do like the fact that they had, because I remember hearing about Tarkov way back. Like, like I think right as it was kind of like a thought bubble beta. And I was like, that game's going to fucking take off. It's going to take off. 
and I was glad that I joined in when they did play uh, PVE, where it was just you could just load into a solo raid yourself, and you were the only person there. Because I think um, my first three raids, I did uh, the PvP, like the live servers, and I got smoke-checked. Absolutely smoke-checked, where I just got my ass handed to me. I lost, like, all my gear. And then when I came in to round four, five, and six, I just ran solo raids. And I learned the game. I figured out how things work. I got to understand a little bit better. And that's when I figured out what I was doing. But, yeah, there is nothing. It's just, here's the game. Best of luck. Oh God, that is a game. That game will fuck your day up. It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely been meant to kick the Timmies in their fucking teeth. <sighs> well, uh, Kyle, I got one one more quick question for you here, uh, kind of in the realm of gaming. Do you have any other games that you find yourself getting as invested into, like Tarkov out there? Or is Tarkov your only game that you're just like, this is it. This is my game now. Uh... So it's, I bounce around from games more often than anyone else on the channel. Okay. And the fact that uh, I've literally introduced David, I introduced David two years, uh, like I think a year or two ago into Tarkov and he never heard of it. Mm -hmm. uh, then I bounce around from like Raft and I, I literally have like several, like 84 games in my Steam uh, count alone that are just indie games nice games that are not heard of by most people i just i don't invest i play a wide variety normally and it's it works out because it just hits every like i'll get into a game to a point where it scratches the lizard brain just keeps me going and then i'll get bored of it so i'll swap to another game and keep moving Okay. When you say scratching the lizard brain, what do you mean by that? So I have a very bad problem with uh, keeping uh, attention onto a game. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, uh, let's see. What, what games do I have currently downloaded right now? Uh, Scorn. Scorn scratched a horror game for me for quite a while, and then I bounced on over to uh, Star Sector, which mm. is a... Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a space combat game yeah and then i jumped over to is it some seven days to die and then played up and then there's not a genre that i stick to it's just whatever entertains me at that given moment okay so something that that tickles your fancy in 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 the moment as opposed yeah. to okay i got you i got you well we're uh we're kind of at that time because i've been uh i've been trying to keep some of it a little bit more short form. I noticed that uh, two-hour podcast as much fun as they can be. Sometimes uh, that's a lot of a lot of time and dedication, right? Uh, like PKA. I don't. You know who PKA is? Uh, no. FPS Russia. Woody's. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They do a four-hour podcast uh, called PKA, and then they do a, an hour for PKN. But PKA is four hours, which is ridiculously long. And, like, it takes me the entire weekend to get through, right? And that's four hours. So I'm like, if that takes me an entire weekend, two hours for a normal person who has a real life instead of me probably takes forever for, for the two-hour podcast that I do. Um, are you ready to answer some questions here? Then I sure. Guess. 
so there, there's a poll here, but I'll just read it as a, as a uh, general or multiple choice here. Uh, which among these animal traits would you like to have? You could either have an eagle's vision, a cheetah's speed, a jellyfish's light lifespan, a chameleon's camouflage, skunk spray, or the electric eel's electric discharge. Uh, I'll take jellyfish's lifespan. I went with a chameleon camouflage. <laughs> I, I mean, being in, uh, I like to hide out in society, but I kind of, I've always been interested in seeing what happens after I leave the world. Mm. Like, where do people stand? Uh, my life goal is to kind of like be a person to go to Mars. Ah, okay. I, so- I kind of want to just see what happens in the world. St- st- just kind of idle, like Walmart. The people of Walmart, just Walmart people watching, right? Yeah, yeah. Just see how how the world progresses. Mm-hmm. Do we kill off ourselves, or do we manage to make it to another world? I got you. Now, out of curiosity, are you on social media at all? Uh, on and off Twitter, some Facebook and stuff like that. So, one of the questions that I found was, what would you, what would make you immediately quit Reddit for good? But I know not a lot of folks are on Reddit, so I'll just frame it as, what would make you immediately quit social media? Uh, let's see. It would have to be something along the lines of just really angers me, but it takes a lot to do that, too, at the same time. Okay. Because I kind of do have the shrug it off and move on type mentality uh i also have a hard time getting behind certain certain people that i know should be affecting me more but just don't okay i got you i got you um i i think i kind of answered it last week but i i always like to change my answers every so often because i i realize that i just have random weird thoughts but if it just became such a cesspool of hatred like, you know, you were you were kind of mentioned like a lot of people don't have much sway over what I do or what I say really to that extent. But if it became something to the point where it was just too much negativity or too bad, like uh, there was a there was a, a meme website that I used to go to all the time called Nine Gag. It used to be because there were nine gags per page that would load up. And now it's just endless scrolling like Facebook. Well, they stopped having funny memes on there. I stopped giggling about it. So I left it for a little while. And of course, I tried to come back. And I'm like, oh, it's funny again. But yeah, something like that, where it just, it doesn't, I guess, tickle the lizard brain, as you put it so eloquently before. (laughs) One thing that actually caused a shit ton of, uh, a a huge, huge conversation topic here is would you rather have 25 million up front or get paid seven and a half thousand per month for the rest of your life? Uh, I'll take the one per month, to be honest. Curious. Why? Curiosity is, uh, is why. I, mainly because I, it's like a paycheck to me. I can live off of what I need and put away what I don't. And if you give me a, just a straight up lump sum, I'd be like, I could go buy this. I can get that. <laughs> I could just drop it all and do this. Let's go. <laughs> versus okay i got this much money or uh this much for food this much for my bills this much okay uh put away maybe go to Derek. yeah 
Disneyland for some reason yeah. or take my nieces and nephews to go somewhere. Yeah. Let's plan for that and stuff like that. And just, I, I got that mentality or that thought press um, thought process with money. Mm-hmm. We, uh, it, it caused a huge, massive controversy where, uh, basically a, a lot of people were like you and I, where they're saying I would take the seven and a half thousand a month. Right. And one of the, one of the guys is like, Oh, you can make like 13,000 a month. If you do this, do that, do this, this, this. And I'm like, I'm, I don't want to do that. I'm too lazy to do that. My, my, my idiot brain basically just goes, I get seven and a half thousand dollars deposited into my tracking account each and every single month. I will take that over 25 million because then I have to go hire a lawyer. I have to go do this and do this and did to did to did. And in, in all reality, it's just, I don't need 25 million up front. I could blow that so quickly and so easily. It like, and a lot of people are like, how, how do you know that? I was like, I've been in the desert with a bunch of my buddies who we've talked about what we could, it, Hey, 20 K is 20 K. I'll do a lot for that. <laughs> You know, so yeah, yeah, that that's kind of my thought process is just give me the seven and a half thousand. I can live very, very comfortably for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, also, I've joked around with like, so I like to to pull little antics on like Jake and David or anyone else that comes over and plays with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I've told them if I put as much attention into pulling my antics on you guys, I'd probably have a sizable stock portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> why why don't i do that it's that fun exactly I just don't see it <laughs> uh what annoys the fuck out of kyle uh so it it's the constant uh like let's see i don't want to necessarily call it whining but like the con the progressively getting more pissed off about a situation that you had no control over Mm. it's like i understand you're angry at the situation what can you do to make yourself feel better rather than staying right there and not moving on and try to enjoy the rest of the day and having fun the the moping in the moment yeah and if you it's like okay you can it's whining about it for a little bit but are you going to keep whining about it for an hour from now? Or are you going to move on in 30 minutes? Yeah. It, it, it very much feels like a downing situation and you need it. You need to make your life feel better. Be more positive. If you don't, you're not going to have a great, you're not going to have a fun life. And in speaking of positivity, what song is making Kyle happy right now? Uh, It's called, it's not a happy song. <laughs> it's not a happy song. It's called uh, uh let's see. I let's see, where is it? I, I have it favored. It's called Demon Kitty Rag by Tori and Dean. Okay. And it's a it's an electric Halloween song. It's an electric Halloween song. Alright, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I uh, I have one that I really like. Uh, I, it's it's off of my Headbangers Ball playlist. Uh, Doom Crossing Eternal Horizons by the uh, 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 the Chalk Eaters, the Chalk Eaters, uh, and then N- Natalia Natchan, I think is her name. But yeah, it's it's just this hilarious little rendition of what if uh, the Doom guy and uh, oh God, what's her name? 
Isabel from Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah, teamed up. Cute. Yeah, and I I remember the fan art for that was so cool for like the crossovers and stuff uh, because apparently they came out on the same day, and I thought that was super awesome how they like teamed up and stuff, and it was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. Ah. Uh. Well, Kyle, I've ran out of questions, good sir. You've answered them in rapid succession, which is awesome sauce. <laughs> so out of curiosity, where can everybody find you uh, if they want to check out Kyle? Uh, it's the Let's Play uh, Let's Play Death Ray channel. And on Twitch, uh, YouTube, I think YouTube is actually LPDR instead of Let's Play Death Ray because I think someone took it from us. Um, okay. but, uh, that's on any social media platform because David's always on them. And, uh, I just keep following the channel and see if there's any new updates and stuff like that. All right. Well, if you are ever interested in checking out, uh, how often does let's play death ray actually stream? What are the days that you guys stream? Uh, we stream Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, not Friday. Most of the time. And not Saturday. All right. Well, as always, if you uh, are excited to see anything that Kyle or the Let's Play Death Ray team is doing, links are in the description down below. I have Jake and David next, and we'll let them fight it out. So, Kyle, thank you for joining me today on this uh, nice little chat, all right? Oh, it's been fun. Awesome. Well, you guys have been great, and I'll see all you beautiful bastards later. And remember, I love you, you're worth it, and Bessos. <laughs>